Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from Total Jobs. Are open vacancies holding your business back? Your business is losing money every day that a vacancy is unfilled. But you don't need me to tell you that. What the team at Total Jobs do want me to tell you is that the days of posting and hoping are over. Let go of what's holding your business back with technology that's bringing businesses and people together better than ever before. Get in touch to find out how Total Jobs can improve your hiring. Visit totaljobs.com online today. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 464 of the Recruiting Future podcast. As talent acquisition rapidly adapts to disruptive times, innovative ways of working and new technologies are being adopted at an unprecedented pace. So where are the most successful TA teams focusing and what are the mindset shifts we're now seeing in the industry? My guest this week is Will Stanny, founder of Proactive Talent and co-founder of industry community, the Talent Brand Alliance. Will has a long history of innovation in talent acquisition and shares his insight into the short-term and long-term strategies the most successful TA teams are currently building. Hi, Will, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm Will Staney. I'm a f- former recruiting and employer brand leader uh, turned consultant. And my professional mission over the last 15 years has really been to help innovate and modernize the field of talent acquisition. So as a, as a practitioner, I, I did this in my work, you know, kind of challenging companies I worked at to experiment and try new things. And then I would share those successes or failures through speaking at a wide variety of HR conferences. I think uh, the last time I was on your show was back back then. But, uh, you know, now I kind of do this in two ways. I'm, I'm the founder of uh, Proactive Talent, um, and, which is a, a holistic talent acquisition consulting firm that, you know, in, in kind of an agile RPO that uh, is helping to extend, extend the um, capabilities of, of uh, in-house recruiting teams and, and build modern recruiting engines and best practices. And we do that from, you know, talent attraction, uh, like employer brand strategy, you know, media, 
uh, content uh, to hiring where we do recruiting strategy and optimization and technology implementation and then uh, on-demand recruiting, which is sort of our, our flexible modern take on RPO. Um, the other way and, and the other thing that I do is I also co-founded Talent Brand Alliance, uh, which is a you know, professional community of talent brand practitioners. So people doing employer brand or recruitment marketing, TA leaders and internal comms folks to, to help them learn, collaborate and network within you know, really this growing and evolving field. Um, we've got an online community with you know, mentorship programs and regular monthly calls and trainings, as well as our, our summit events, uh, which are kind of experiential workshops, a new take on conferences where you learn from a, a hundred different people instead of just a dozen uh, speakers uh, from some large, large companies with bigger budgets than you, right? And so, you know, we have our next one actually coming up here in Chicago, um, you know, October 19th through 21st at the uh, Chicago Athletics Center. Yeah. That's me and what I've been up to. Fantastic. Fantastic. So much stuff there. And obviously, you're a keen observer of everything that's going on in talent acquisition. And, and you're obviously touching a lot of employers through the, the work that you do and the community that you've, the community that you've built. So I'm really interested, obviously, very disruptive, confusing, changeable times. What are you what are you seeing in the market at the moment? What's your perspective on on where we are and what's going on? You know, Matt, I'd I'd sum it up in one word right now, which is uncertainty. I think, you know, no one knows what's gonna happen next, which makes it hard to plan and budget for a lot of these companies. I mean, we have war, pandemic, broken supply chains, you know, global recessions, political and social unrest, inflation, right? It's it's a it's a hard time right now, right? But um, you know, so you're seeing companies kind of freeze up literally, you know, if they're freezing hiring, some are slashing budgets, you know, they're, they're kind of holding their breath before making future growth investments. And in, in, in some of the sectors that were really booming during sort of the resurgence after the recession, right? And so, um, but there's other, other areas, you know, where there's a lot of, of funding going in into clean energy and supply chain and infrastructure that, we're seeing uh, stay pretty steady, but the, a lot of them are, those industries are, I would say, not as evolved and modern in their ways of, of hiring. And so they're, they're hitting a, a lot of, of friction in that too. You know, just tech, for example, has been on a, a decade plus run of growth, right? And, you know, kind of inflated valuations, and they're now starting to hit a reality check, right? Uh, th- these companies, what they need to do now is to, st- you know, stay lean and, and while we're seeing, seeing some layoffs in the sector, I think it was about 44,000 layoffs in big tech companies here in the US and over 77,000 additionally globally, right? At the same time, you know, they're, they're still struggling with a talent shortage, especially in the areas of engineering, right? And so they need to stay lean and nimble while adopting some, some, some best practices because, you know, the most, you know, kind of the saddest part of this is, is seeing, you know, a lot of these, these companies uh, laying off you know, recruiters and talent folks first, right? Um, and we know that's a part of our industry. We know that how that goes, but it, it's still, it's painful to see, especially after, gosh, just at the beginning of this year and last year, you couldn't hire a recruiter if you tried. They were in such high demand, right? And so what we're dealing with in this market right now, is just all the extremes. It's like up and down and up and down. I can tell you as a small business owner in this industry, it has been anxiety driving, but you know, this is what we sign up for. This is this is the things that we're helping, you know, clients navigate. 
you know, obviously I, I agree with everything you, you, you say there because I'm, I'm saying exactly the same thing. And I think that, I think the tech talent thing is interesting because I had a, a guest on a few weeks ago who we were talking about the, the tech layoffs and, uh, you know, very, very astutely, they, they pointed out this doesn't mean that there is a sudden new pool of tech talent. Okay. No. You know, it's still just difficult to recruit data scientists and software engineers as it ever was. Well, yeah, because unemployment in that sector is still less than 1%, you know, because these, you know, these people are getting laid off and they're very easily finding another role. And, and it may not even be in big tech because every company is a technology company now in the year 2022. So yeah, exactly. everyone's looking for great developers across the board. It's obviously very difficult for heads of TA and TA teams at the moment in terms of, you know, they're being pushed and pulled in, in many, many different directions. And there's lots of things, lots of things going on. What do you, what do you feel that they should be focusing on? Or, or what are you seeing the, the sort of the most successful TA, TA teams focusing on right now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think most immediately showing value beyond just getting butts and seats you know, uh, I, the, what I'm seeing some of the best TA teams do right now is really focusing on on retention, culture, brand, if hiring is slow. But I think I would, as far as all TA teams, I think that you can kind of separate this into short-term and long-term, but the long-term doesn't mean wait. You, you need to do both of these things right now. Some of the best organizations and a lot of the organizations that I've been working with, and, and we touch over 200 companies a year, right? In the short term, it's three things, optimization, automation, and augmentation, right? And so they are optimizing their, their, their process. They're optimizing their tech stacks and in updating their technology, um, removing a lot of the administrative burden of their recruiters so they can stay leaner and be even more productive and focus on candidate experience, right? But also automation, meaning there's uh, there's a lot of good technology that's that is coming to bear um, that automates a lot of things that used to be really administrative, right? So not just optimizing those processes, but then automating that well with with both humans and technology, and then augmentation. So because what I'm seeing in the market a lot that you know companies are going from a big hiring push to all of a sudden freezing hiring, and then then they'll open hiring a little bit more, and then they'll freeze based on kind of what the market's doing, interest rates and stuff like that. And so what you need to be able to do is to, to augment yourself, right? And I think using, you know, like a model that we do at Product Talent, the way that we're doing this is we have sort of a, you know, an agile RPO where we'll extend their team of recruiters and help them fill positions with experienced recruiters that they can turn on and off based on the hiring demand. Or let's say they need a, a tech recruiter and then they, they all of a sudden the tech hiring is done and they need to now focus on sales. We can swap that out for a sales recruiter really quickly. I, I wish I had something like that when I was a TA leader, like at Twilio where I, I get a hiring, I get a, a, a you know, a, a hiring plan at the beginning of the year and before the first quarter is even over, it's changed, either increased or decreased. And I either have too much full-time recruiters are not enough. And and what that avoids too is having to do the the culture damage of hiring recruiters and then firing them. There's a startup here in Austin. I have a friend that, that works there and the they, you know, they hired a, you know, a recruiter at $150,000 a year, right? Right. And that pandemic was their hiring. And then, and then uh, immediately, you know, within three months of that recruiter being there, 
having to let them go, right? And, and so if you just augment, use some of that gig economy, which I know we'll talk about a little later, that, that's great. So short-term optimization, automation, augmentation is what a lot of them are doing. And then long-term, really having a focus on candidate experience, employer brand. And I say that's long-term because it takes a while to really do that well. You have to figure out who you are, start building you know, uh, awareness of your employer brand and, and, and building the kind of content that showcases what it's like to work there. We're still very much in a candidate-driven market, right? And so, but you have to start now, right? You have to start now, especially while maybe hiring is a little bit slower, right? This is a good time to start building the engine that you need for when things come back. Because inevitably, uh, whether looming recession or not, uh, inevitably things do come back. No, absolutely. And, you know, just constant, constant change, constant disruption. And, you, you know, you talk about augmenting there, which is kind of really interesting in terms of how people can, how people can cope with that. I suppose traditionally, our industry hasn't been very quick at changing and hasn't been typically a kind of a very agile in its setup. I mean, you run a small business that that's successful and kind of expanding quickly and, and small businesses always have to move fast and, and be agile. What would your advice be to to people running teams in terms of how they can, you know, kind of adjust that that culture to keep up with the just the phenomenal pace of change that we're seeing at the moment? Absolutely. It's, I think it's a lot of things that I did when I was in bigger companies before moving as a consultant, right? Which was, you know, they had a lot of different point solutions, multiple vendors for various aspects of the candidate lifecycle. I, th- I think we got to move away from that to more holistic partners and integrated systems, right? Integrated tech stacks give, um, give a better, more actionable data so you can move quicker. I, I remember when I was at VMware and SAP, great, great uh, organizations, very large, very cumbersome to, to change the process. But, you know, I was able to work to really optimize the process globally, right? And, and get away from sort of the bumper sticker approach of recruiting stack and start, you know, integrating the technology together so we can be more nimble to navigate the, the changing pace of hiring, right? And so you know, typical models of support when you have a, a lean recruiting team, like, you know, like like your typical RPOs or a contingent hiring can, I mean, honestly, that, that's why I started Practive Talent is because I, I was a TA leader and I needed to adjust and, and change and disrupt, you know, really fast. The typical models of support, what I found they, them to do is is they kind of damaged the bottom line because if, if, you know, if you needed to, you know, hire people quick using contingent search firm, yeah, you don't pay up front, but boy, do you really want to pay five times for every hire? Like the goal is to hire people, right? And so, you know, but they they also hurt your recruiting process because they're go, they're bifurcating the process. You know, there, there's it hurts candidate experience and the employer brand. So it, it it all makes it really hard to be nimble as well when you're locked into some long term contracts with an RPO or or needing like complicated integrations to have all your tech stacks talk to each other. You know, and, and we are living in the era of cloud and API based you know, ATSs and CRMs, right? You can, that, that play a little bit more nicer. And so, you know, some of these, these, these ATSs are becoming really popular, like, you know, Greenhouse and, and iSIMs and stuff like that. They play nice. They've either bought the additional accompanying tech that you need to, to be able to disrupt and, and be agile and move fast, but, or, or they play nice with others. Right. And so, 
you know, it, from a tech standpoint, there are some real solutions here that can save money and time and allow you to be a, a lot more agile because you've got real time data. You, we're finally in the era where you can actually measure the effects of everything that you do from a recruiting standpoint pretty accurately, whether you're a small business or a large business. And then as far as like your resourcing, right? I mean, it's just pr- being proven that agile RPO is the way to go. Hiring can have a lot of stop and go, like I was saying, right? But you, you need to be able to add firepower when you need it and then turn the hiring spigot off quickly, you know, as your business demands change, right? And so you know, insert the gig economy and the gig economy has increased 30% during the pandemic, by the way, Matt, right? So like more workers want the gig lifestyle, even recruiters want that gig lifestyle and, and they like not being tied down to just one company for a large part of their career. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com slash pod. That's www dot w o n o l o dot com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers yeah no absolutely i mean there's a there's a lot that you were talking about there i just to i suppose to pick up on the gig economy effect of that obviously agree with you i'd see this as as something that's only going to grow and grow and grow as we move forward what implications does that have for employee experience and employer brand? Yeah, absolutely. I think it expands it. it, expands the kind of experiences that employees can have and the way that you can talk about the experience of, of working with or even partnering with your company, right? And so I think we need to move away, away from the idea that we always need to, we always need a full-time resource or employee to solve a problem or add capabilities Sometimes you only need a few months of an expert, right? They can come in, help build the machine. I think that's what I realized. I I realized I was was a TA leader in these high growth tech companies. And I would, uh, you know, I come in, I like building the machine. And then once it was in maintenance mode, I, I, I also got bored. I was just that type. And then there are types that are good to be those folks that you just always need that are there to maintain that machine, right? But sometimes you just need experts to come in build the machine flexibly, and then you just need to have the staff you need to maintain it, right? And so I think more workers want flexibility and this model of support, you know, helps with that. You know, companies, you know, from an employer brand standpoint can can really highlight the flexibility, autonomy, and in many cases, the work from home aspects of gig economy and project-based work and that lifestyle, right? And so these employees are, you know, subcontracting partners. So, and and honestly, I think both, you know, in Europe and the US, we we've got some some labor laws that make this more difficult, right? That 
need to be updated. And I think eventually they will, but there is some ways to, to be able to do that, make them feel a part of a team, but not cross the line of treating them as employees. Right. And I think you see this in the, the Upworks and the, you know, the DoorDashes and food delivery and logistics companies uh, seem to be figuring this out. And a lot more people are doing that type of work, but I think it applies to our industry as well. In terms of sort of moving back to technology, you you spoke there about how tech stacks can be much more agile than than they were in the in the past. I mean, we can all remember the uh, you know the the bad old days of uh, you know taking two years to implement an ATS, and actually for many organisations that's still the the reality that they that they live in. You also mentioned you know automation and some of the really interesting sort of technologies that are coming coming onto the market now what's really catching your eye at the moment what do you think the the tech is that's out there that's going to be the the sort of the game changer over the next couple of years yeah absolutely that's a great question i'll I'll give you my favorite analogy for this when i'm kind of talking to a client about their their strategy and their tech stack and, and it's you know your your strategy is the road that takes you to your destination right and the technology is the car that you're driving right a great strategy, even in a beat up old Ford, will still get you to your destination. It might be slow, but you'll get there because you have a nice smooth road. You know exactly where you're going and what turns you need to take to get there, right? But a supercar won't go too far down a road, uh, down a rough and bumpy road, right? It'll actually break down, right? <laughs> if that was meant for a Jeep and you're driving a, a supercar, right? So you need to have both a solid strategy and a good tech stack aligned to that strategy. I think something that I experienced as a TA leader was this push towards our organization towards innovation, which is great, but to, to just try to adopt all the, the best tools. But it, we started getting that, that bumper sticker thing I talked about, right? Where it was too much tech. It wasn't all talking to each other. And so, and we didn't take the time to really think about what's our strategy? What's the candidate experience we want to have? What's the process we want to have? And then take that strategy. And and this is what I do. I help a lot of our clients with their RFPs, both designing them and then, you know, analyzing the the different vendors to find the right thing. But the first thing I work with them is to get a deep understanding of that strategy, right? But the, the technology that is really appealing to me right now is, it's really those cloud-based API enabled ATSs. I mean, Greenhouse, um, we do close to 200 Greenhouse implementations a year, for a small business, that is an eight-week process. For a really large business, that is a 16-week process at most, right? Um, so it's changing. It's not two years anymore for these types of, of, of cloud base. And then I think iSIMS too. I think having a good ATS like that, that is at, at core of your tech stack, opens up a whole world of possibilities because they play friendly with the emerging tools that you need to add on for you know what we talked about earlier, the automation, the AI, but as well as marketing and reference checks, et cetera, right? Um, I'm also really loving what Paradox Olivia is doing. I think for high volume recruiting, they have completely automated the process, but in a human way with technology, um, right? The fact that it used to take you know fast food companies days or weeks to hire uh, someone, now it can, t- it can take as little as an hour or two, right? Um, it, you scan a QR code in the drive-through, you can go through the whole process with Olivia and do it. Like I, just what they're doing with virtual hiring events and other stuff, uh, I'm really big fan of them. I'm actually going to HR Tech next week to just play with all new tech, meet with some partners and just see what's, what's new and out there. 
Um, but it, it's it's an exciting time. It's so, I feel like we're finally in the time for for recruiting tech that I've been hoping for for about a decade now. You know, I came from more of a a, a digital marketing background and then applied that into recruiting early in my career, and so it feels like we're starting to finally catch up. I think the, lastly, the the one I'm I'm really loving right now too is is Eightfold. I, you know, I, we worked with Postmates you know during the pandemic and into 2021, and part of that was helping them leverage. Avefold to essentially build their own LinkedIn and use AI to better candidate match, but not just candidates coming in, but against your entire employee base, integrating into your HRS so that you're first looking and analyzing the people that you already have for new positions before going externally. They also really help with some great AI around um, DE&I. And through that year of working with them, building their employer brand, optimizing their their um their eightfold and, and greenhouse uh, integrations and, and systems i mean we were able to increase female applicants in into that company by 90 percent uh we increased their diversity initiatives by over 50 percent right and and so it it, it really is possible now the things that we've been talking about we we're going to do for the last 10 years in this industry we're actually able to do them we totally are and they're all great vendors doing some amazing things final question to for you and obviously the most difficult question <laughs> we've just spent 20 minutes talking about how unpredictable everything is but i'm interested to get your thoughts on what you think the future might look like for ta so if we're having this conversation in sort of 18 months two years time you know what, what do you think we'd be talking about or, or alternatively what do you hope we'd be talking about yeah, I'll cover both because yeah, I really do think that we could split this up into where TA is going next and where TA needs to go next. I think right, and so uh, as as you know, as we just talked about, as technology is developing and gets adopted, right? Because you think about the fact that I, I think less than ten percent of organizations have even adopted things like programmatic job advertising, right? Like that, I. That's autopilot for job posting and and budget optimization. I mean, it's it, there's just so many efficiencies there uh, that you can do, and less than ten percent of the organization are even doing that part, right? And so, I think um, I think overall, though, uh, as this stuff gets adopted, I think TA will become a, a lot less transactional and a more human centric as we go. I, I, I remember doing a keynote at SourceCon a few years back and saying, "Hey." AI is not coming to take recruiting jobs. AI is coming to liberate you to, to be more human and get rid of a lot of the administrative stuff. So I think we'll we'll become less sales and, and transactional driven and more marketing and brand awareness. And you know, employer branding is really having its moment, especially during the pandemic when there's so much focus on employee employee engagement and, and and employer brand, right? And so I think that's the natural path. And I've seen it slowly started heading there over the last decade or so, but it's not fast enough. I'll be honest with you, but you know, given the example with just programmatic, for example, right. Um, however, I think TA also needs to do the work that is necessary within their businesses to not be seen as a cost center anymore. It's just not TA is not within HR, you know, instead of seeing it as a, a cost center at the executive level, we CEOs need to start seeing recruiting as the main profit center of a company where long-term thinking and investments would help companies grow more in symbiosis with their business strategy to drive better profitability. 
there's a real business case to having a great culture, a strong employer brand. We know that a strong employer brand, which is owned typically by the experiences they have with your recruiting department, right? Make you more profitable. We know when we do the work of DEI and and this is just business data that exists, right? That when we become more diverse within our leadership teams, you're 30% more profitable, right? And so hiring is still way too reactive, right? And that's why I started Proactive Talent, right? To, to help companies think more, well, proactively about hiring. It takes being able to do the work now that you know you're not going to tangibly see for six to 12 months, but also will we'll get you to a point where you can get out of the reactive minutia and start moving up the maturity model chain of your hiring and, and, and do a better job of it to allow your business to scale, not too fast, not too slow, but right when and where and how you need it to. Will, thank you very much for talking to me. You got it. Thanks for having me. My thanks to Will. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time. And I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.